Welcome back to the Fantasy Formula. I'm Adam from F1 Fantasy HQ, and this week I'm on location in Finland, so I look like I'm in the Witness Protection Program. We'll get by, though. I'm joined, as always, by Rob from F1 Fantasy Hub. And Rob, I'm still buzzing about a really great week last week in Zandvoort. Mate, what an absolute week that was. I definitely have to say it was top three races for me this season. The rain really threw a spanner in the works. The results were spectacular. Great podium, great to see Fernando back back in the top three. Gasly, a welcome surprise there. And to be honest, a lot of really good racing and a lot of kind of surprising results. So hopefully we get more of the same in Monta. It's a really, really fun race to watch. It was so based on tire strategy and just the ability to keep the car on track. You had drivers flying up and down the grid throughout the course of the race, and it really just kept things interesting. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I thought, you know, there was a lot of strategies in those first five to ten laps, very different strategies. You know, drivers like George Russell, who on the radio we heard, you know, he was simulated for a, a top three result, ended up falling quite far back in the early stages, and then people like Lando Norris learning from his mistakes, you know, in the wet a couple of years ago and, you know, being a little bit more proactive on the, um, the, the intermediate. So, yeah, a really good result. Um, as I said, a lot of surprises. And I think it made for just a really entertaining Sunday in, in Zambor. Absolutely. Let's start things off with our agenda for tonight. We're going to break down some of the biggest highlights from Zambor and what that meant for our fantasy teams. There were a lot of really great lineups out there that could could have scored you a lot of points this week. So we'll talk about those. Then we'll get into our preview for Monza this weekend. It's the fastest track on the circuit for the season. And I think we're in for a really good race again. As we always do, we'll talk about the fan amp picks of the week and then finish with the all important lineup selection choices. And let's start with Fernando Alonso. And he and Aston Martin really needed a strong result coming out of the break. He finished this race P2, and you could really feel that energy from Fernando on the podium that he's really got his groove back. Yeah, it was really, really exciting to see his resurgence after a pretty underwhelming last few races. There was a lot of hype around those upgrades coming into Zandvoort after a few weeks off, and he certainly exceeded my expectations. I know... <clears throat> A lot of people piled back in on him uh, just because of what we saw in practice through the Friday and Saturday morning. But to be honest, uh, a great result for owners uh, across the board. And uh, that double bonus, as you can see on the screen, uh, a welcome result for anyone that had him. He scored the most points by a driver not named Verstappen this year and the third most, including Max. So it was a really incredible result. And for fantasy players, this is a really impactful performance from him. A lot of teams were running the three times Red Bull, three times McLaren lineups. That means they missed Fernando. And this that allowed teams like us to catch up. Yeah, definitely. There's also a lot of uh, what was interesting to me, zombie teams or teams where, you know, players who have disengaged over the last few races or so um, <laughs> obviously climbed the ranks because they were tripled up on Aston Martin. Uh, the Aston Martin constructor, you know, back in the winner's circle, 67 points overall, the second highest of the weekend. And um, to be honest, you saw a lot of red arrows or rank decreases from engaged players, strategists. Interestingly, a lot of the people that kind of surged up the leaderboard were the ones that are probably no longer playing the game at all. 
I have a funny story on that. So I have I'm in a league with some friends, and I have a zombie a zombie team friend who ended up scoring more than me this week. She had Fernando Alonso, she had uh, Alex Albon, and she had the guy that we're going to talk about next, Pierre Gasly, and. Gasly had such an incredible week. He's the ninth new driver on a podium this season. And what a feel-good story for him and Alpine and, and a huge comeback. Yeah, absolutely. We saw them struggle, you know, in, in Great Britain and in Hungary. They We talked about it in our show last week, uh, and we were expecting, I guess, another resurgence from them. Gasly absolutely delivered 39 points, his best result uh, by a long shot. You know, although... It is a fair way to go um, since Bahrain when he had 20 points and uh, he obviously must be encouraged by that podium result. It had, it had been something like 800 plus days since he was last on a podium. So as a, as a Pierre Gasly fan, obviously, for, as, as such as myself, very happy to see him bask in, in that success. And much like Alonso, you could see how much that result meant to him as well on Sunday. We weren't very kind to Alpine in our midseason rankings, and and ever since then they've been <laughs> making us pay. So so great for Pierre and and Esteban. One of the things I've been thinking about since this result is the comparison of the number four driver. We've got Albon, Stroll, Piastri, and Gasly. They've been jockeying for position all year, and Stroll was that number four driver in the template for a long time. Then with the McLaren resurgence, Piastri was taking over, but now you've had this resurgence from Albon as well. How would you rank some of these these number four drivers just for their their rest of season outlook? It's hard to say, you know, ranking them in a vacuum because every circuit we come to, there's different variables, cars are suited to, you know, different circuits. And, you know, Gasly, I don't think really anyone expected him to perform as well as he did on the weekend. Uh, I always think he's in contention for points that Alpine is no pushover. Uh, but I think understandably so, given the speed of that Williams heading into Monza, I think Alex Albon is deservedly the number one driver in that price bracket. Uh, Gasly, the man in form, you know, the, the last two weeks, you know, he's had, you know, pretty hefty scores. I think 17 the week before 39 now, uh, Piastri, I don't, even though he did DNF uh, in Belgium, by no means someone you should write off. I still think the McLaren has something to offer. Uh, but, you know, Gasly, understandably, so should be, you know, in the conversation at that price point. But for me, it's got to be Alex Albon front and center. I don't know much on this, but I know Lance Stroll is now dead last for me. Going from the, the template lineup to a few really difficult results. The difference in pace between he and Alonso is really starting to show. It's so much now that people are questioning if he's going to switch to tennis. So he's really going to get that noise out, deliver a good result for Aston Martin. But for now, the template's change and he's out of it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's also um, another driver that, I mean, his predecessor, Ricardo, was obviously talked about in the template. But Liam Lawson had a, a really impressive weekend. Um Fantasy-wise, anyway, 19 points. Um, and as it says on the screen, uh, the top budget driver, I don't necessarily think he deserves to feature in the template quite as much as perhaps Ricardo was. And I think a lot of that just boils down purely to the experience that Ricardo has and Lawson doesn't. Uh, I think, you know, at 4.5, well, he got, the, he got the price increase because of that performance. So 
um, yeah, a lot of people may be put off by a slightly dearer um, price if they don't already own him. But um, he, for me, doesn't quite enter into the template conversation despite a promising start. It's been an interesting week regarding Lawson and Ricardo. I was a little taken aback that Lawson had to be his own driver card in the game because it's just a, a fill-in assignment. So people that had Ricardo had to spend a transfer to get Lawson in. So I think he was pretty low-owned for that kind of money. People were just yeah. pivoting to Hulkenberg or Sargent. But he had a really impressive drive last week. And I don't think he gets enough credit for the fact that you've got seasoned drivers like Checo, Hamilton, Botas, all going off track in this race. Lawson kept it kept it on the track the whole race, made it all the way up to P13. And maybe he won't finish that high every week, but he really deserves um, that vote of confidence that AlphaTauri gave him after the race and confirming that he's going to fill in for Ricardo until he's back to full health. Yeah, 100%. I think really encouraging signs early on for a driver that hasn't really been in that car at all um, this season and a rookie to boot. So um, he deserves his flowers, absolutely. Uh, but I think to be honest, it's just too much risk carried with going with a rookie. Um, obviously, a really promising start, but we have seen hot starts from rookies in the past before, and um, I think that that normalizes a little bit uh, after a few races. So I would be very wary of going in on Liam Lawson despite what we've seen, and I think it's just important to note that just about everyone's scores except for those that DNF'd were pretty inflated with those overtakes, which... Um, I think is pretty much the fantasy narrative that came out of Zanvoort. So just keep that in mind um, with team selections heading into this weekend because no one, or not every weekend, our score is going to be quite as high. And for the Dutch Grand Prix, the average driver score was 18.9, which is, you know, four or five points more than the next highest average score for all drivers in, uh, in one race week. So that just goes to show how much of an outlier the overtakes and the, the results for a lot of drivers were. Agreed. You know, you have Lawson's teammate, Yuki Sonoda. He scored 16 points. Most of that was from overtakes, but also the tire strategy made things really interesting for these budget drivers. Yuki found himself as high as P4. Your friend, the overtake merchant, Zhou Guan Yu, found himself as high as P2. So oh, uh, it was a very, very interesting week. My emotions were all over the place with these budget drivers. I was a bit crushed to see Zhou uh, retire early in this one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think if we look at our performance recap, um, the the for for our last race, the 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 real difference for my team was was Joe getting hit with that DNF. Um, he I think finished on minus nine, uh, and you know that twenty point swing really would have made the difference between me being on par with your score of three hundred and seventy one. Um, so Joe, I think, is definitely. It's, it's tough because he does offer that overtake potential. But to be honest, um, I'm just not sure if, if the Monza track is worth it for, for a car of, you know, his, of that caliber. That's a great segue into reviewing our team results from last week. And we'll talk a bit about Williams in our Monza preview. But I did want to get back to McLaren because we spent a lot of this show last week talking about how much we thought they were going to take a step forward at this track. You got that sense that they were, were posed for a comeback with Lando qualifying P2, but then they didn't quite get the, the strategy for the Inters right. And I think they missed the window on both stints for the Inters. 
Lando quickly fell down the pack, and it took a fair bit of fighting just to get him back to P7. Piastri was hanging around between P7 and P10 for the majority of the race. Yeah, look, I think uh, it's hard for me to look at the McLaren scores and be disappointed with them. Uh, they were they were sound across the board, but they had the potential to score that much higher. And uh, I, I made a decision to go without Lando. I thought um, Oscar would be able to cover his output and you know, in place of Perez. Um, I thought that would be certainly an option for me. Uh, I kept, obviously, Perez in mind that I'd want him for Monza as well. But to be honest, uh, it was, I guess, as I, as I said, the Joe DNF really made or broke my fantasy weekend. It was a 20-point swing thereabouts, and, you know, that would have made me one point off you. So I think a lot of people with your lineup, and I did see a lot of teams on Twitter and on YouTube running that build, are in pretty good stead. I think a lot of people will pivot back into Perez, but will want to keep Alex Albon, understandably. So it is going to be a bit of a dilemma. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how many people choose not to go with Perez, given the, the pace of that Red Bull um, on the straights. There's a couple other things about last week I want to cover. One is you'd mentioned earlier how driver scores were inflated from the overtakes. As a result, we had 16 drivers gain value at the end of the week which seems like an all-time high to me. Really, the only folks that didn't were the three that DNF'd and George Russell, who underperformed, and mostly was missing the, the inter-strategy as well. Very weird for predicting future price performance, but Fernando Alonso is creeping up toward a price where he belongs another $1.5 in the green for him this week. Yeah, definitely. I think, obviously, one of the gripes was at the start of the season, his value... I, I probably think an equitable and fair value for Fernando would be around 15. So as you say, it's a good sign he's creeping closer to that that point. Uh, but just very bizarre around the price adjustments. There's still been no explanation from F1 as to what the logic is behind it. Yes, I think if you get a good performance in your books, then then you're deserving of a price rise. But by how much, it's just unquantifiable. Uh, and we just see most drivers under, you know, 15 million and go up at a minimum 0.5 million just about every week. So at, at a minimum. So it's just a little perplexing still. Um, and then to your point earlier around the player car with Ricardo and Lawson, um, you know, whether or not you have to trade them out, there was, I guess, a little, a little bit mixed on the approach there. So still leaves a little bit to be desired around the comms strategy from, from the developers in that space. The other thing I want to talk about is how close we are on the season. We've had a lot of different lineup changes throughout the weeks, and yet we're still only 10 points apart. And also you can see our rankings were pretty far apart for just 10 points. So it goes to show you that each and every decision you make is really impactful in your global ranking. But let me ask you this. Are you up for... A little wager. Yeah, absolutely. What do you right. How about this? At Monza, assuming we run different teams, and if we don't, we can we can push this to Singapore or a future race. Yeah. I have a second team that I've I've saved for the second half league. And if you beat me this week, you can name that team whatever you want. Okay. As in sorry, as in name the team name or yes you can name the, you can name the team name whatever you want okay. um 
and, and you can, we can leave it to a, a fan vote on your Twitter. We can talk yeah. about it on the show, but you get to name it whatever you want if you beat me this week. I'm okay. feeling like all right, I'll, I'll I'll offer you the same for my second team, but I think I've got my uh, my team name in mind already, which will probably be right. I, own, I own F1 Fantasy HQ. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. All right, so it is on for Monza this week, and let's segue right into our first topic for the Monza preview. As high as I was about McLaren last week, thinking about how the track suits the arrow of that car and their areas of strength. I'm a bit worried about them going to the temple of speed. This is the fastest track in F1 history. Um, and to thrive in a high speed setup, you also need high efficiency and low downforce. McLaren are an outfit that typically brings a higher load, higher downforce rear wing. I wonder if they'll be able to make the adjustments in time to thrive in Monza. I have the exact same concerns as well. I don't necessarily think they'll be quite as close to the top as we've become accustomed to them in the last few races or so. Uh, I mean, maybe I had part of that in the back of my mind. I won't give myself entirely credit for that, but the reason why I was inclined to not run um lando last week was because i didn't think i'd want to own him for monza so for that exact reason you said and i think there's a, a point to be made around running you know as little as one mclaren asset heading into monza for for, for those reasons uh, I, I certainly think there'll be other teams in the midfield williams and potentially alpine as well that will perform a lot better on the straights from what we've seen through this season so I'm intrigued to see how they perform on Friday because I think that will certainly dictate the approach for a lot of people heading into their team selection by the deadline on Saturday. Absolutely. We'll have to watch free practice to make sure maybe they've made some changes that would make you feel a little bit better. But for me to make this lineup work, I have a lot of faith in Red Bull to have a good weekend. So I'm bringing Checo back. I can't possibly leave Alonzo after the performance last week. And so that leaves Lando as the odd man out for me. And so then it's basically a matter of Piastri or McLaren. Do you want to keep one to hedge in case there are some price increases that carry over week to week or by chance if McLaren does well? I think that's my decision right now. And one of the things I wanted to bring up too is recent performance on similarly fast tracks. The last data point we have is from Belgium. And I think Lando's result doesn't tell the full story. He fell out of the top 10 almost immediately in the first five laps of that race. He had to pit twice in a period of 20 laps just to get the right tires, heat up to the right temperature to stand a chance. Then the rain came down, and that's where the high downforce of McLaren actually got him back into this race. He went from P19 up to P7 in the six laps that we had rain, and then he hung out at P7 and finished P7. So you might look at the final results and say, Man, McLaren's okay in fast conditions, but it took a wet period and a little bit of good fortune just to get him back in there. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think all excellent points. I'm, I'm not really inclined to, to roll with him, but I do think I am tempted to still have a piece of that McLaren asset pool, whether it's the constructor or Oscar, I haven't really decided yet, but I think it'll be at least one of those two because they're the only two I currently own. So <laughs> lots to think about. Um, I think if, if I don't end up going with Oscar Piastri, this segues quite nicely into our, our next 
uh, Mount Alex Albon. He, as we've talked about, is you know a, a very popular choice for this week. He's, as you can see here, 14 points per race since the Canadian Grand Prix, and the speed of that uh, that Williams on the straights is unparalleled at times, even bettering Red Bull. So. I think they're going to really thrive. Uh, Albon's in some really good form right now. <clears throat> and there's very little doubt in my mind I'll be um, going away from him. And uh, this was the team that had the most buzz last weekend. We weren't expecting Williams to do well in Zambort, but both drivers had personal best qualifyings. Um, Albon finishing P4 in qualifying. Sergeant, the first American since Mario Andretti to reach Q3. That's how long it had been. So incredible results for both of them. And for this week, I'm definitely running Albon because I feel like this is going to be an emotional week for him. This time last year, Albon showed up to Monza, had his appendix burst. There were these complications from the surgery. And then his opening led to, to Nick DeVries filling in for this race. But in a fast car, having a resurgent season, I just love Albon in this race. Yeah, I can't really look past the guy. He's probably in some of the best form of his career at the moment, I'd, I'd have to say. And um, there's every reason for us to be high on, on the Williams. Um, Logan Sargent as well. And I think someone that may not get quite as much attention because all of it will be on his teammate. But Williams do look really promising coming into this race and there couldn't really be a better circuit on the calendar um, to pile in on at least one if not two albeit the second being sergeant comes with a little bit of risk but you know that's half the reason we play this game to have a bit of fun i'll be interested to see how sergeant does this week because he went off and dnf'd and james vol said after the race that he had a brake failure I don't know if he's just protecting a young driver who needs a little public support. His race seat's in question and he hasn't signed yet, or if there really was a car problem and we should have a little more faith. But this is a great transition into our discussion on budget drivers, because to me this week, there are two tiers. There's the 5 million and below, and then the, we'll call it 7 million and below. I agree that Sargent is the best of that cheap budget driver class. I think him versus Liam Lawson in race two, that's a no-brainer, and he carries more upside than Nico Hulkenberg, for example. But then that leaves us with the best overtake drivers possibly on the whole grid in the upper tier. Yeah, I, I mean, they're, they're the two that have really been at the forefront of our conversation all season when it comes to overtakes, positions gained, and... Honestly, the the two um, the two drivers here in their second and third seasons, respectively, I really like both of them, and they're probably the two I do end up rolling with, um, or one of them at least uh, at Monza because of where my team value is at. Not the prettiest site when I look at it occasionally, but I think Joe, to be honest, uh, even though he did underwhelm with that DNF, has been the most reliable throughout the season just because of the overtakes. But Yuki, you know, I, I do like his driving style. It's certainly more refined, but still has that element of, of aggressiveness. Uh, and I think, I mean, neither car is by any means amazing. So it's hard really to read into too much as to how they're going to perform at Monza. But in terms of consistency, they're probably the best two to choose from if we're looking at a sub 7 million. What's interesting is that of the budget drivers, only Hulkenberg has a seat for next year. 
So each of these races is so important for these, these young drivers as they're trying to figure out where they stand in the short and medium term of the F1 grid. Because I, I predict a lot of these drivers are going to sign one-year contracts in preparation for what will be an enormous free agency season next year. Yeah, definitely agree. It's it's going to be you know a field day, I think, for a lot of these teams. Um, and trying to sign people at the last minute in silly season can always kind of surprise even us. So, yeah, I guess going back to who who the better option is, I, I don't really have a point of view at the moment. I've been toggling between both, but I think to be honest, uh, if you want a high upside player, I think Logan Sargent has to be the guy uh, just because of the Williams um, on its own. Uh, we, you know, we have seen promising and encouraging signs from him through this season, and maybe this is the points finish that he's been destined for um, all year. And you know, we saw Q3 from him last week. Can he back it up this weekend? I think it's absolutely possible. So just wait and see. But in terms of a, a differential play and one with probably the most potential, Logan Sargent for me probably edges these two guys on the screen here. And uh, finishing in the points this week could save Logan Sargent's career. So this this is a humongous week for him. Let's move on now to the fan. And, oh, let's go to the weather report first. I forgot all about it. It seems like it's been changing a bit throughout the week. My first stab at the weather had some rain on Sunday. It looks like the weather is starting to shift. I would love for a change, a weekend that is just dry, and it is the drivers and the track. Yeah, me too, me too. It's There's so much speculation every single week when we're like, do we use no negative? Do we use final fix because of the weather? I think there's very little, if any, reason to use either of those if it stays as clear as expected. I think it'll just be good to see some pure racing unaffected by any variables. Don't get me wrong, last weekend was super entertaining and I'd take that race over most others we've seen so far in 2023. But as we speak so highly of... Uh, the Williams team and certainly like other teams that have potential to continue their good form, such as Alpine, I think dry conditions are going to be what works most in favor of those, those constructors. So I would love to see an uninterrupted race, even if it means Max runs away again. And I just made note of the temperature. It's going to be quite hot on Sunday and the track is notably much hotter than that. I think it's going to add that element. This is a, a track that's usually pretty light on the tires, but they could get they could get heated up maybe a little too quickly, lead to some some tire strategy changes. So there is still some element of this race that that could keep it interesting for us. I mean, if if staying away from Hulkenberg uh, was any reason in the previous races, I think tire deg with the hotter temperatures on track should be cause for concern there. And I think Ferrari have obviously had their moments too around tire deg, so. You know, they come into Monza on their home turf. You know, the last few years haven't exactly gone their way. And if it stays if it stays as hot as it's expected, they may well struggle again. You know, a Ferrari topic that's not fantasy related, I cannot believe Leclerc pulled into the pits. All of the tire guys were there with no tires. Ferrari is a clown show this year. It's, it's a dog's breakfast. And I don't, I, I, if that's not reason to steer clear them, steer clear of them um, fantasy-wise, I, I don't really have much more of a justification. So I don't know. I'd love to see them get their season back on track uh, at, on home ground, but it's I'm, I'm not really feeling too high on, on either of those drivers at the moment. 
I dig the Monza livery for this week. Hopefully they can get back to that Ferrari standard this weekend. Yeah, definitely. They look like, I did see a couple of memes earlier today. They look like they've, uh, they're serving the counter at McDonald's, but to be honest, I, I really hope it's, uh, it's more than just a happy meal for them this weekend. <laughs> that sounds good. Now at long last, let's move on to the fan amp picks of the week. Let's start with your boy, Logan Sargent. Will he reach Q3 again? I won't go as far as to say he's my boy, but I do have high hopes for him this weekend. I have him locked in to make Q3. So, yes, in qualifying, I, I'll put that down. Just to be difficult, I'm going to say he just misses out. I think a, a good Q2 finish, and he'll be 11th or 12th. Question number two is, which team is fastest through the speed trap on Sunday's Grand Prix? I can't really look past those two at the bottom of the screen there. Um, it's I feel like we're splitting hairs over Williams and Red Bull, but given I answered uh, the first question, why don't you answer the second? All right. This is going to sound weird. I'm going to go with Williams because even though around a whole circuit, they're not faster than Red Bull. There have been multiple times this season where formula data analysis will rank the, the top of the top speeds and Sergeant Albon are consistently top three. And it's the strength of the Williams car that it can hit one of, if not the fastest top speed of the week. So I'm going to go Williams. I don't think your assessment of that is weird whatsoever. I was toing and froing um, over over them in Red Bull, but I'll elect Red Bull in this instance. I think Max has demonstrated, you know, over the course of multiple laps, he can really maintain that pace of the Red Bull. Their DRS system is unparalleled as well, so I think that will just edge them ahead of of the men in blue. Good. Now let's chat about our lineup selections this week. We've both gone with Alex Albon. I kept him in last week. I took a minus four just to bring him in. So it was specifically to load him up for this race. Notably, I'm bringing back Sergio Perez, and it's at the expense of both McLaren drivers. So it looks like we we both decided of the McLaren assets, we're going to keep the constructor. Yeah, I think for me, that makes the most sense, uh, only because... Piastri is the most logical way for me to get Albon in without completely overhauling the rest of my team. Uh, and to be honest, I'm in two minds about having Sargent. I know I've talked him up a little bit so far tonight, but to be honest, I have Joe currently in that, that slot there. And I think I haven't had the flexibility to have multiple or to have three up my three transfers up my sleeve. So I think I may be inclined to just move Piastri out for Albon, roll that third into next race and um, just have a bit more optionality when it comes to, I think it's Singapore next on the calendar um, where it is a street circuit. There's going to be a lot more in play. So having that flexibility, I think will hopefully serve me well. So I've got Sergeant in there for now. And if we see pace on Friday, that's representative of a car and a driver that's going to certainly contend for points, then He'll absolutely make it into my team um, because I just think that that Williams looks much stronger than the Alfa Romeo, but uh, it's touch and go at the moment. Um, and I don't think really budget drivers, <laughs> the budget driver headache is going to change anytime soon. So whether it's Sonoda, Joe, Sargent, what have you, I think 
it's really not very much a coin flip. This is the kind of week where we can catch up on these zombie teams. If we continue to, to match our lineups with the strengths of the teams versus the circuits, this is how we're going to start making gains. I think last week was a bit of a fluke. And so now if we make some adjustments in kind for Monza, this is where we can start to, to form our way up the rankings just a bit more. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think even though there are certain teams and drivers that look quite favorable at Monza, it isn't really a circuit that I think deserves much attention for chip usage. Uh, I think even though there has been a number of DNFs at, the, at that circuit over the years, it's not, not one for me that I'm really thinking about too much. I think there's, I think between us, we've got four, four chips each left. Um, I know you've used your autopilot and I've used my final fix, uh, but which I, I don't think really bore any fruit for us <laughs> on either occasion. So we've got what, seven, eight races left uh, this season and four chips to use. I think after Monza, we'll start to see a real acceleration of that um, heading into the end of the year. Yeah, I don't plan on using any chips this week. It unless you maybe have a driver announce an engine penalty, someone, you know, something that drops them all the way to the bottom of the grid and there could be a ton of overtakes at Monza. It would have to be a very specific situation for me to use it though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. Agreed. But I think the the that will become a much juicier discussion um as we head into say Singapore, Japan, Qatar, where we've got street circuits, sprint races. So Lots of lots of discussion to be had at that point in time, and Absolutely. one thing one thing we forgot to mention, Adam, is that with Ricardo no longer uh, on the grid for the time being, what does that mean for my shoey bet? Um, is New Zealand accustomed to doing shoeys? Does it does it transfer to some sort of Liam Lawson bet? I reckon to be to be completely honest, I'd I'd prefer to see that transfer across to Piastri. So look, if he can okay. he can snatch a top three, even though it seems as though they've fallen back just a little bit, the McLarens, if he can if he can jump onto the podium before the end of the season, um, that that bet is as good as gold. I can, I will co-sign this. It is officially <laughs> moved to Piastri until Danny Rick comes back. Okay, all right. I mean, that's no. only that could be a few more races, but. Best of luck to Danny. Terrible timing, to be honest. Rob, we have an exciting programming change for this week. For the first time, we'll be doing a pre-qualifying, pre-lineup lock live show right here. We'll send out the link in our socials soon, and it'll be at the bottom of this video if you're catching us on YouTube. This is the most action-packed time of the week. People are you know, just starting to set their lineups based on the FP3 data. And we'll be here to answer all of your questions, show our final lineups before we lock them and share them on our socials. And we'd love to see you here too. Yeah, I'm so excited. It's the first one for FanAmp for you and I. Uh, and with the amount of activity that obviously crops up before qualifying, um, I really hope for those of you that catch up on this video tomorrow morning, for those of you in Europe and in the US um, are able to join us because I've never done one of these before, and from the ones I've watched um, on other channels on, for other fantasy sports, as well as F1, um, they're always a hoot. So I'm super pumped, and hopefully we get as good a turnout as, as we expect. Looking forward to it. Rob, thanks so much for another great show this week. Be sure to check us out on FanAmp. The Fantasy Formula has a channel going all week long. You don't have to wait till Saturday for us to answer your, your questions about your lineup this week. 
That's all for now. We'll see you all on Saturday. Bye.